Hey there, welcome to our podcast. Pastors Todd and Mary have a message for you this week that they believe will inspire hope, unleash potential, and change your life. Make sure to subscribe to get a new one every week. Enjoy. So today we're going to look at the biblical way of selecting and keeping a mate. But don't worry, if you feel like this might not be a message for you, it will be a message for you. No matter what kind of relationship you have, have had, will have, whatever, you will learn something today, so stick with me. And for those who are already married today, I just want to make sure you know this. You're here for, this, for the keeping a mate part, not the selecting a mate part, okay? I'm just want to, I'm trying to hear in the lobby, like, are you telling me that I can, no, 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 that's not what I'm, so first, here's the very first thing, we'll jump right into how to select a mate. First, be and ye shall find, be and ye shall find. Everybody knows we've all heard the, the, the verse, seek and ye shall find. And of course, we got to do that. That's true. That's in the Bible. We got to seek God first and we'll find him. But as far as relationships go, we need to be the person that God's called us to be first. And then we can find the person that God has created for us next. Second Corinthians 7 says this, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. See, as Christians, we are called to live holy lives because Jesus made us holy. And that's got to sink into our hearts today. That we need to live holy lives. And how do we do it? Why do we do it? Because Jesus made us holy by dying on the cross for us. All we have to do is accept it. So what we did a few moments ago is Pastor Todd led us. If you raised your hand, if you accepted Jesus, whether you did it today, months ago, years ago, you have been made holy by Jesus. See, we didn't earn it. We just accepted it. But I want to look at this verse for a second. What does it mean to cleanse? It means to remove dirt, filth, or even guilt from a surface. So we need, as people, to remove the dirt, the filth, filth, and even the guilt. I just combined two words. Filth. The filth and the guilt from within our lives, from our hearts, from everything the verse says, from everything that can defile or make us dirty, desecrate our body or our spirit. And catch this, it says we are working toward complete holiness. Jesus made us holy, but we are still working toward complete holiness. Jesus gets us there, but we still have some work to do. Why? Because anybody perfect in here? I couldn't see. I thought maybe in the back. So there's no perfect people in here because we're continuing to work toward it each and every day. But our Bible says that God is faithful to complete the works that he starts within us, right? Jesus completes, starts the work, and he will be faithful to complete that work. See, we're called to worship God with our lives, our whole lives. You know what's part of our life? Relationships, dating, and marriage. Therefore, we worship God through relationships, dating, and marriage. And if we understand that we are to worship God in a holy way because he's made us holy, then why do we constantly demean ourselves to less than holy in our relationships, our dating, and our marriages? See, too often we tend to imitate the world in these areas of worship, when in reality we should be setting the standard. So today I want to call out standard raisers. I want to call out standard uh, uh, Builder, standard raiser, so we can lift the standard and not lower ourselves to just, that's what everybody else is doing. 
Find me somebody who's gotten to a better place in their life because they just did what everybody else was doing. Because I can tell you one thing. If the other areas of our life don't add up, the songs that we sing won't rise up. Because every area of our life is worship, not just singing. So that means we got to take a look at all of it, relationships and the whole thing. Because holiness is an across-the-board thing. It's every area. We can't pick and choose the areas we want to be holy in. We can't say, you know, I'll be, I'll be holy in my relationships with my friends, but romantically, I'm doing whatever I want. That's not how it works. Because God's not a settler. He wants the very best for each of us in all of our relationships. And again, that's not just romantic. That's all kinds of relationships. So here's the deal. Be and ye shall find. When I say that, what do I mean? What are we being? We're being holy. We need to be holy as children of God because God has called us to live holy lives. So once we start being, then we can start finding. And then secondly, there's a second thing. I want you to pray up before not during. See, in order to start finding, we need to start praying. We need to be prayed up well before we get into a chair and have three people to pick from. We got to be praying now for 10 years from now. We got to be praying now before you have ever met someone before, because if you wait until you meet somebody, how are you going to know? You don't have any Holy Spirit hasn't downloaded anything into you yet for that specific thing that you're praying for. Sometimes we wait till it's too late. So here's, here's what we've got to do. We've got to pray first. I call these PPs preventative prayers. I don't know what you guys were thinking. I was literally only thinking that. Preventative prayer. These are prayers that you pray to prevent yourself from getting into an emergency situation where you need EPs, emergency prayers. But listen, Pastor Mary mentioned this a couple weeks ago. She said that that we all ought to make a list of qualities that we want in our spouse and be specific. Center them around God and his word and then put them in the drawer. Never look at them. She said, and then pray over them. Pray over that list. Now, let me ask you a question. When you make the list, is somebody already in your life? No, it's, 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 it's a beforehand. It's like those preventative prayers, right? We want to pray so we get the person that God actually wants for us. You want to know why? Because First John tells us that we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. See, when you're praying for your future spouse, the qualities that you're asking for are godly, spiritual, biblical qualities. That pleases God. Therefore, you are in this verse. Because if you are praying what pleases God, God then hears you, and then God then grants you what? What's on your list? Because it's what pleases Him, and He gives you what you ask for. It's amazing, but it actually works. And if you want proof, just check out the pastors and staff of this house. I just mentioned Pastor Mary. She had a list, and God gave her the best. Pastor Todd, vice versa, right? Obviously. Pastor Todd, Pastor Mary, amazing couple. Look at Pastor Milton Carmen. Look at 
Carlos and Bensi. Look at Pastor Dupree and Lindsay. Look at Pastor Dana and Ryan. Look at Alex and Peter. Look at, hopefully you guys can look at me and my wife Gina, because I prayed and God gave me the very best. So there's plenty to look for, not in just selecting, but in keeping, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. It's amazing that it works. But here's the thing. Order matters. Pray first and then recognize next. Find next because when we pray, God is crafting that person with that specific list because if you wait too long, you might be waiting too long. So here's something cool. As we pray over this list, we're actually fulfilling the verse that we read earlier in 2 Corinthians. We're cleansing ourselves. Remember that one? And we're working toward holiness. How? Because we're fixing our focus. We're taking our eyes off of every wrong person and we're putting them on the right person that God has given. But not just that, we're putting them onto God, the one who gives us the right person. We're continually praying for that person. See, when I pray for my wife, I'm focused on her, obviously through God and in prayer. But the thing is that we don't have to be have physically met our spouse before we can spiritually pray for our spouse. You can pray ahead of time. See, once we're being the person our future spouse needs, we can start praying for our future spouse to show up. But if we're never praying, like I mentioned before, we'll never recognize that person when they come. And here's the third way to select a mate. Actually apply what you know. I like this one. James 1.22 says this, Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. I feel like that's this. Right here. Come on, if you got an emoji, somebody put an emoji up real quick. Have we got an emoji? Yeah, there we go. We got some emojis out there. If you like what I'm saying or you don't like what I'm saying, throw up whatever emoji you got. We're going to get a little interactive today for the rest of the service. So listen, actually apply what you know. I knew a lot growing up. I was raised in church by God-fearing parents. My father was a principal. My mom was an avid reader. I was just born into grammar, okay? I just know grammar. I know it's annoying. I'm like the grammar police, but seriously, use the correct your. Okay, so anyway, my point is I knew a lot, right? I had a lot of head knowledge. I had it all up there. I was in Sunday school my whole life, church programs forever. I was even in Royal Rangers, which is like Boy Scouts for Jesus. And then I got into... I get into my teenage years. Pastor Todd comes. He becomes my youth pastor. For those who don't know, I start kind of going to a whole nother level. And, but I still had to shed some things in my life. I still had to shed some influences that I had in my life. And I needed to learn how to apply what I actually knew. See, I knew that I had to get up early every morning and, and pray and do, do my devos every day, get in the word. Did I do it every day? Sometimes. I knew what I had to do, but I didn't do it. I knew that I needed to spend more time praying for my spouse because we did a series back in the day called Dating is Bad. And we learned how to find, we learned all this stuff then. Did I follow it to the T? I wish I would have sooner. Did I, did I, you know, I knew that maybe I shouldn't date three or four people, not at a time, but before I found my future spouse. But did I? Nobody say anything. She's right here. Um. But can I tell you something? What you don't realize what you'll be embarrassed by later in life. What's cool now will embarrass you later. Come on, anybody got an emoji for that one? What's cool now will embarrass you later in life. Even worse, what you permit into your life today could actually ruin your life later. Everything has 
consequences. The fun that you once had could drain the fun out of what could be. And it's no longer fun. So if you're thinking, you're sitting here, you're thinking, well, my future spouse won't know or even care what I'm doing because when I'm with him or her, I'm only going to be with him or her and that's going to be fine. Wrong. Because I'm going to tell you this, intimate things are intimate because a connection forms. And it's really hard to formulate a new connection over an area where an old connection already exists. So the best thing for you to do, the, easy, the, the way to make this as easy as possible, stay as pure as you possibly can be. If you're pure, there's fresh ground for God to build something on. If not, he's got to take some time to rebuild the foundation and then go from there. Can I talk to once married people for two seconds? Just because you used to be married doesn't mean you can do what you used to do when you were married. Once you're now, again, single, you're single, biblically speaking. And we need to almost reset and get back into that mindset of, I need to be, because maybe, just maybe, God has someone else that he wants you to find. And if you're not ready for it, God wants you to be ready for it. So here's the actual point. Actually apply what you know. All of us know these things that I just said to be true. But real difference makers take truth and apply it to their lives with action. So here's the deal. I want to talk to you now. So we just did selecting a mate. I want to talk about keeping a mate. Let's talk to the married people. Anybody married? Put up a happy emoji if you're married. Don't put up the other one. Oh, someone put up a sad face. I can't. Okay. How to keep a mate. Be and ye shall keep. That's the first. Be and ye shall keep. Work hard to continue being what your spouse is looking for. It doesn't end once you say, I do. It is a lifelong journey. It's not like, there's no like marriage contracts where you sign for five years and then you have a player option for the sixth year. So you go through the fifth one. You're like, well, you know, I got to make a decision at the end of this year. I got to take the money and stay with the team. That's not how marriage works. Be and ye shall keep. Strive to be holy. Strive to be more like God. Strive to be better. Strive to stay in shape physically, mentally, socially, financially, emotionally. We we need to strive to stay and to be everything that our spouse needs and wants for us to be. If you feel like maybe, you know, you're in a situation, you're like, man, things just aren't the same as they were when we first met a few years ago when we first got married. Maybe look introspectively and see, am I maybe just not the same as I was a few years ago when we first got married? Because oftentimes what we find is that changes in marriage can be traced back to changes in those who are married. So a lot of times it's me. A lot of times it's personal. A lot of times it's, oh, wait, I let something slip. So now our marriage as a whole has slipped. So I need to do my part to be who God wants me to be so I can keep who God has given me to keep. 1 Corinthians 7 says this, but The believing wife brings holiness into her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. So if you're wondering why your kids aren't holy, I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm not even going there. Seriously, though, you bring holiness. You bring holiness to your marriage. Be holy and keep your spouse. Secondly, pray up during... So you don't have to pray after. Be a praying spouse. Couples who pray together, stay together. 
Come on, let's do that one more time. Couples who pray together, stay together. If you want your marriage to last forever, pray. Otherwise, you drift away from God, and then in that, you drift away from your spouse. And here's the deal. Sometimes you get to that point, then all of a sudden you're praying after for God to save the rest of your life because you feel like you didn't necessarily do enough on the front end. Preventative prayers. Preventative prayers aren't just for before you get married. They're also for while you're married. You're praying to continue to keep everything as amazing as it possibly could be. Can I just also throw in making decisions ahead of time? So we don't only pray ahead of time, but you make decisions ahead of time. If you're married, if you work at an office space, make the decision ahead of time not to be the last person locking up with someone of the opposite sex. Because then one day your story is, oh, we, were, we, were just, we were just there to lock up, and then all of a sudden we were locking up, and I just don't know what, ha- I don't know what happened. And then you're, oh, man. But if you would have made the decision ahead of time to never be stuck at the office building alone when you're turning the lights off with someone else who's not your spouse, then you would have never been in that situation. Or maybe you're dating somebody. Make the decision ahead of time not to be in a secluded location at 11 o'clock at night, whether it's your bedroom or your car or wherever you are, and you're like, let's just, let's just discuss 1 Corinthians. You know what I'm saying? Make the decision ahead of time, and it saves you pain. Because we all know, all of a sudden, when we're placed in those situations, decision-making gets cloudy. All of a sudden, what used to be crystal clear is almost like, oh, well, I mean, I mean like, it feels like it won't hurt. It might be all right. It might be cool. We could explain it later. Make your decisions ahead of time and pray your preventative prayers. I'm going to repeat 1 John 5. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for something that pleases him, anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Asking for a healthy and thriving marriage or relationship, that pleases God. Therefore, he will give you a healthy and thriving and lasting relationship. Oftentimes, the how did we end up here question kind of can be traced back to the how much did you pray for yourself, your marriage while you were married question. And a lot of times we don't answer that question the way we really feel like we should answer the question. So here's the point. Do what you have to do along the way so you don't have to look back and say, man, I wish things would be different. Third thing today, actually apply what you know. I told you I like this one. I did twice. Remember, over the years we accumulate a lot of knowledge. Most of us even forget more knowledge than we even use. But if you want to maintain a healthy, happy, loving, thriving, lasting marriage, actually apply what you know. Husbands, we know we have to date our wives for our entire lives. Don't we know that? Come on, put an emoji up. If you're a husband in the room or you're a wife and you want to date, put that emoji. Because we know that. We can't forget to set it up, though. We have to be intentional about that. You carry around a calendar in your pocket or in your hand all the time. Set one date for the month, every month, recurring. We're talking about recurring giving. You set a recurring date days in your calendar, it will go a long way for you. We got to do, we actually have to do and apply what we know. Wives, you know your husband needs some time with the Lord and the remote to just watch the TV (laughs) and just watch his teams lose over and over again. That's what calms us down 
So please, just... Uh, never mind. Um, someone said a dream without action is simply a nightmare. Knowing what to do is pointless unless, unless we actually do what we know. Remember, James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. It doesn't say you must think what it says. It says you must do. In other words, apply what you know. Apply what you are learning. That's why history makers are note takers, as Pastor Dupree said last week. How else are you going to learn? How else are you going to absorb it? What's not written down is quickly forgotten. We take notes so we can go back to it and we can actually apply it to our lives. If we don't put it into action, James tells us it's as foolish as looking at the mirror, looking in the mirror and then forgetting what we look like. Although some of you probably want to do that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> we have to apply what we know and God will bless us for it. Now you'll notice that the steps to keeping a spouse and to selecting a spouse are actually very similar. And why is that? Because God's word is consistent. God's word never changes. He's given us a consistent, foolproof, proven way to live our lives. And when we do that, he responds by providing us what we need and even what we want, what we ask for. See, here's the thing. When we're being and we're praying and we're applying, God is moving on our behalf. God is providing for us. God is protecting us. God is supplying for us. God is even setting us up for his very best. So no matter which stage you're in, and I used the proper you're there, by the way, follow these steps, and God will take care of the rest. So here's what I want to do as we end today. I want to go back to this list idea, because this is brilliant. And I want to talk about this for future spouses. So men, I'm going to hit you first. I am going to help you out. I'm going to give you a jumping off point for a list that you can create, because Sometimes we need help as men. So I'm going to pull something from the Bible, and I'm going to put it up on the screen, and we're going to go over this list together of what you should be looking for in a spouse, in a potential mate, potential wife. It's going to be this. One, she's got to be virtuous. She's got to be capable. She's got to be trustworthy. She has to enrich your life. She's got to bring good, not harm. Hard worker. Always prepared. Good financial steward. Talked about that before. Um, not afraid to work long hours. Helps the poor. Generous. Fearless. Dresses well. Married to a leader. I'm going to hit that. Good businesswoman. It's in the Bible. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. She speaks in wisdom. She gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything. She's never lazy. Millennials. <clears throat> I'm still in that. That's fine. I'm embarrassed. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. A woman like this surpasses them all. And one more reminder. Charm is deceptive. And beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Because it's not all about. It's not all about right here. It's not all about this. Now you need attraction, obviously. But the attraction comes from multiple areas. The world teaches you that that's not the case. But the word teaches us that it certainly is and that that's what lasts forever. Now, guys, I know this sounds like a very amazing list. There's like 14 people here who are like, sign me up, Pastor. Where's the ladies like this? Because I'll take any one of them. Um, but the 16th line up there says it describes something that you have to be 
if you want to actually get a woman like this. This is married to a leader. In this chapter, it says that he's well-respected in the town. Someone who sits among the leaders. If you want to get someone like this, if you want God's very best for you, you have to be who God has called you to be so you can then find who God has called you to find. <laughs> Ladies, I'm not going to leave you out. Here's your starting point for a list. I've used 1 Timothy. By the way, all of that came from what chapter? Proverbs 31. It's all in there, and if we're diving into God's word, we would already know both of these lists. Throwing that out there. But I've used 1 Timothy for this one. Look, this is the guy you should be looking for. Lives a life above reproach. Faithful to his wife. That's a new one. Exercises self-control. Most of you would settle for exercises, but we don't want the extra. Lives wisely. Has a good reputation. Enjoys having guests in his home. Able to teach. Not a heavy drinker. Not violent. Gentle. Not quarrelsome. Does not love money. Manages his own family well. His children respect and obey him. Future. People outside of the church must speak well of him. Let me just stop here for one second. Because if you're with someone who's different inside the church than they are outside of the church, don't be with that person. Well respected. Has integrity. Good financial steward. Interesting how that's in both of the lists. Committed to discovering what God is revealing. And lives with a clear conscience. See, of course, the, the fir first and foremost on each of these lists is that the person is a true believer in Jesus Christ. That they have, you know, serving him faithfully, serving him obviously. Because if you're dating someone that you can't tell if they are serving Jesus, it's probably not the best person that God has for your life. It should be obvious. If you're like, well, I mean, like, comes twice a month. Pretty good. Since when was pretty good what God had in mind for us? It should be obvious that this person... Now, if they're checking all these boxes, either one, either side, it's probably pretty obvious that they're loving Jesus and they're serving Jesus and they're doing everything they can for Jesus and they're doing all the, all the things that you would want for them to do that God obviously would have for them to do for you. But in general, I feel like people tend to think that being a good person, we all want to be good people, but is that really enough? You look at these lists, being a good person was not on either list. Being a godly person, that's what the list is all about. Being a good person, not so much. But that's why we want to tell you to be specific in making your lists. Be specific. Carve out all the godly, all the biblical things that you want in your life and don't settle. Because your life could be amazing with someone. Your life could be this. The biggest decision you can make besides obviously accepting Jesus into your life is who you, who you wind up married to. Because it's either going to take your life in an awesome direction or you're going to be fighting for the rest of your life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be fighting for the rest of my life. I want to do things God's way and have all the benefits that God has for each and every one of us. So I'm asking you to close your, close your eyes and bow your heads. I want to pray for you today.